begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor, joined, as always, by Milton and Ben for episode 55 of this Star Wars podcast. This week, we have a very busy week. We have tons of Obi-Wan Kenobi promotional content officially and unofficially hitting the shelves and all over the internet. We also have some updates on Cassie and Andor. We have a brand new Star Wars game that's being created by Hennig, who created the other game that was made by EA a long time ago that got canceled, Amy Hennig, and lots more to get through. So, man, oh man, it's been one heck of a week and news is coming up the moment we are recording this. So lots of fun stuff to talk about. I'm very excited to get into it this week. How was your guys' Easter? I know you celebrated it, both of you guys, as well as I. So did you guys have any kind of traditions or anything you do every Easter Sunday or what? I'll start with Milton over there. Yeah, uh, we had a good Easter, man. Family came into town. Everyone had a good time. There's no, there's no drama. That's always the best. <laughs> um, we just do our normal like Easter lunch. Um, this year, actually, we changed it up. You know, last year, this past year for Christmas, I brought over the Nintendo 64 after our main Christmas meal. So this year, I decided to bring over the PlayStation 2, and me and my brother played PlayStation 2 after Easter. So. I think I'm trying to make that more tradition, just play something retro after some type of holiday that we do. So, yeah, it was a good time. Looking forward to the next holiday. Yeah, that's a blast from the past because me and my younger cousin, who's a year younger than me, every holiday, Christmas, Easter, whatever, we would get together and we'd always have to have some kind of game console. We would be, mm -hmm. t you know, t you know, transporting this little, like, I don't know, 12-inch, like, little TV wherever we went to set it up in one of the bedrooms to play the games. And that's how we would get entertained. So yeah, it's totally a blast blast from the past, man. But I was, I'm happy to hear they had no family drama because you know, sometimes that could happen at these sorts of things, especially with the, the political <laughs> landscape that we live in in the last three years. So if you're not wrong, <laughs> what about you, Ben? How's your weekend? Oh, uh, that's, that's, that's funny. You guys say that. Um, there was almost family drama that started at mine, but um, it got shut down really quickly. And it was, of course, political related. People just got started talking about politics, started talking a little louder. And I, and I just spoke up. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Nobody cares. It's politics. Focus on Easter, people. And then they, exactly. they just dropped it. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, you guys know how politics go. It, it gets interesting. So uh, other than that, like both, you know, I had a, my mom's side on Saturday and then my dad's side Easter on Sunday. And you know, both of them turned out really well for the most part. We, uh, you know, had a bunch of good food. I just took it easy on the diet, just ate basically whatever I want, you know, got back to it on Monday, but, uh, you know, just took it easy over the weekend and it's a lot of fun. And as you said, Milton, like family traditions are always like a big thing. And like one thing me and my cousin, uh, we always do, he's the cousin. We, uh, we always go to all the big star Wars and all the superhero premieres. We always go to like the opening nights. Like that's our thing. We've, mm -hmm. we've done right. that. We've done that ever since, just ever. Um, and, uh, you know, so what we always do, like, on all the holidays, we always will, uh, you know, just turn on a turn on a Star Wars movie in the background, like, while we're sitting around talking and stuff. So, like, you know, over Easter, we had A New Hope playing just because it was kind of like, you know, you know, where it's leading up to Kenobi. So, like, we threw it on and we're just, you know, talking about Kenobi, theorizing about it and just having a good discussion about it with my cousin and then my my uncle, who's definitely more of like just the casual Star Wars fan, like, oh, oh, a new Star Wars, you know, I'll watch it. Like, so, uh, you know, we got we started talking to him about Kenobi and now he's like actually super excited about it because he didn't really know, no, like, you know, too much about it. So uh, 
we started really talking to him about it and, you know, got him excited. And, you know, as you guys know, um, at family gatherings, we're the, we're the Star Wars people. So that's where all the family comes to when it comes to the Star Wars discussions. Yeah, so it's good to hear that you're you're getting warmed up on your your commentary there for New Hope because uh, for all listeners and watchers yep. out there, we're going to be doing our New Hope um, commentary at some point in May, like you said, to warm up for Obi Wan Kenobi series coming mm-hmm. out on May twenty sixth well, or seventh, I should say. Oh yeah, here's here's the fun thing about that. Um, so we actually watched the original A New Hope, actually oh. the v- VHS version, because we were at my Jeez. grandma's. Yeah, we were at my grandma's, and you know she still has a VHS slash DVD player combo, and uh, we actually threw in the original A New Hope VHS tape, like from '77 or or whatever, oh, nice. like back then. Um, because my grandma has all three movies on VHS tapes because mm-hmm. you know when they first came out back then, my grandma was like a um, pre-internet pirate, so like she literally like recorded everything on VHS tapes. Um, you wow. know, whenever it would come on TV, she'd record it. Like, I kid you not, um, just until a few years ago till we moved her, like, VHS tapes more toward, a, you know, out to her shed and stuff into the storage. So she actually had one. So, like, in her back separate room, it was probably a probably a six-foot by seven-foot or eight-foot room, just a good little size office space. And what she did was, see, when she first moved over here, you know, she was from Germany. So uh, she actually... You know, back then, like, you know, just the idea of, like, the movie store. She loved the idea of, like, the rental, you know, rent your movies at, like, family yeah. video and stuff. So what she did was she turned that up until just, like, last year. Her whole back separate room was literally wall-to-wall. Like, on, say, like, when you walk in the room, the right wall, left wall, and the wall in front of you, they were all just shelving with movies labeled from, like, 1 to, like, 1,500. And she what? literally had them wrote, she had them wrote down in a notebook, so she kept track of them, like family video what um and her whole oh back room she had gosh. she has all these vintage movies you know like you know just everything from like 70s 80s 90s like when the vhs <laughs> tapes first started coming out and you know so we just went out and grabbed out grabbed um, a new hope on sunday and just watched it and it was still in great condition still played perfectly and everything oh my gosh that's amazing that your grandmother has a collection of that magnitude because that brings me back to the good old blockbuster days you know just yeah perusing all the tapes and well, all the old nostalgia. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, like, with her, the reason she did that, you know, she said, I wanted to make my own uh, family video, so then I didn't have to pay money to rent the movie, so they'd just be right in my own house. <laughs> so, uh, oh, man. So, so, yeah, so she literally, like I said, she literally has probably over, like, it was close to 1,500 tapes um, of movies and stuff, and it's it's great like she has you know the old indiana jones on tapes uh, jaws like all the classic movies and it's hilarious they're like all recorded you know just from her like recording on the vhs tapes over the years wow okay that i yeah. mean that that's a blast from the past and, and some nostalgia <laughs> and i'm and i'm gonna hit yep. you guys with some nostalgia right now because um my Easter Sunday was great. We got together uh, the afternoon, evening, just spent time with family. But before then, uh, me and my girlfriend took a trip to this place called Columbus Farm Farmer's Market. It's in New Jersey, South Jersey. Mm-hmm. It's like um, an indoor-outdoor flea market. I sent you guys a ton of pictures, like flooded your feed with all that because right. I was going bonkers, <laughs> man, because they have this indoor area, right? And they have all these different stores, whether it's like um, uh, just like antiques and different things like that. But they... The first store I went in was like a Funko store, literally just 
sold nothing but secondhand Funkos, and there were some amazing Star Wars ones I seen. Like they had the entire Bad Batch. They had like concept characters of like basically Luke Skywalker, who used to be called Han Solo at one point because it was like a a dude with brown hair and a lightsaber called Han Solo concept. And then mm-hmm. they had like Kira, who was a concept to be Luke Skywalker. So I yep. thought that was so cool. Like I've seen a lot of these like epic looking Funko Pops for like really good prices, like under under twenty bucks. Um, and they had a whole bunch of other selections. So right off the bat, I was like, oh, this trip this trip to this place is already a good start because I haven't been there literally in like a decade because I used to go there when I was really little. My mom would take me to this place to get I would basically go get Pokemon cards as everybody else shopped. I would like beg my mom like I need Pokemon cards like this is <laughs> no, this is longer than 10 years. This is like 20 years ago, I should say. Yeah. Um, and then the next shop I seen was just like a collector store. And I was like, oh, cool. There's like a lot of figures, just all figures and stuff. And they had a whole little Star Wars section with Black Series figures. And I've seen this figure, and I haven't gotten a Star Wars figure in a very long time just because I really have a trouble trying to put them someplace. But I did end up picking up the Star Wars, the, the Vintage uh, Series. This is a Purge Trooper, first appeared in Darth Vader comics from Charles Soule in 2017 and later appeared nice. in Jedi Fallen nice. Order. So I was really happy because I, I, as you guys know, I love Jedi Fallen Order. I have a number of the black series, like the six inch ones, but I love the design of the vintage with the package. I, I leave them in the package because they look cool. I just hang them up on, on the wall and stuff like that. And that wasn't only it because then we went to the next store and it was an old retro video game store. And I was like a kid in a candy shop over this last hour or so <laughs> because I was just taking my damn time just looking through all these old games like... I seen the 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 Kinect Star Wars game on the original Xbox 360 with the Kinect. I seen the original Obi Wan Kenobi game for the Xbox. Classic, like one of the right? launch titles, yeah. and it was like seventy dollars because the thing was with that game is it's not even backwards compatible right now. Like you would have to go and drag out your original Xbox to play that freaking game. Um, but I just kept looking through all this stuff, man. There was Super Nintendo, PlayStation. They had like the old display units. Um, that you would see in like Walmart and stuff, like all these collector's editions, just really fun time, just, you know, taking my time on Easter, just looking at all this cool stuff. And, you know, I browse with my eyes, but I really don't buy much because of space. But it, it, it was a it was a fun day out. So that, that was definitely pretty memorable for Easter more than any other years past, you know, for me at least. Yeah, that that's what's up, though, because, I mean, when you send us those pictures – of like that i mean you made you made a comment all oh, i'm acting like milton right now just going through like the shop and looking <laughs> at everything because you know you know i do that all the time when i show up at like a store or whatever and i love davinci's games and i know we talked about this might have been a week or two ago but maybe a couple weeks ago we talked about what game we'd want to bring back that obi-wan kenobi game is so good and mm-hmm. we might even mention it but i wish that one was backwards compatible for like all systems and, and just update the graphics you know, but that game is still nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we hey. got Dark Dirty Gonzo chiming in. By the way, anybody that's ever watching live, feel free to send us some comments in the chat. We love to interact with you guys as you guys are sending your comments. Um, but Dark Dirty Gonzo, he lives in the Jersey area. He also mentioned, yeah, Columbus is a place he knows about, all about mm-hmm. it. He says he wants to take a nostalgia trip. But there's this really funny thing he just said. He was like talking about this old, um, very old like toy store that I remember. And he basically equates it to like Watto's Junkyard. 
because I remember uh. this place. Like, my aunt hated taking me into that place because there was, like, piles of, like, Star Wars ships on top of Star Wars ships. And, like, the counter was just, like, littered with Star Wars toys. But for somebody, like, that was 10 years old, they were like, this is the best thing ever. And my aunt's like, I don't sure. want to take you to this junky place. So, I, yeah, that guy, unfortunately, I don't think that shop exists anymore. The shop I went into was a lot more you know, organized than I remember the other place. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, man, it's it's worth a, tr a trip. Like I said, I, I found a lot of figures I'd never even seen in, in the wild, as you would say before. So, good trip. Nah, that's what's up. Yeah, so um, so you guys sound like you had some pretty cool Star Wars experiences uh, this week. Um, so I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to to that as well, or we can move on. I say let's get into it. Let's yeah. get into it. So before we get started, anybody that is listening, you can go ahead and watch us live every Friday at 9 o'clock Eastern on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash StarRaptor. If you're watching and you want to actually listen to us on the go, you can go ahead and download us on any podcast streaming network. Heads up, I will be at Star Wars Celebration in under five weeks time so you can go ahead and try to meet me there if you see me around i'll be giving around sticker giving out stickers giving out buttons and you'll see me with uh either an outer rim transmission a star raptor shirt or some cool cosplays that i have planned so i'm looking forward to that um as the big mecca for star wars fans so getting into it we're gonna start off with obi-wan kenobi this surfaced somewhere online um if you're watching i have it pulled up on youtube this really cool image of i think it was just like some toy store or something some department store i guess of this epic shot of obi-wan kenobi hooded lightsaber drawn in the middle of this image you see vader and him clashing swords in, in like a blue ethereal kind of plane with vader his face enlarged on the other side you know uh, opposite of obi-wan so let me ask you guys what what's your first ex reaction to this image Fire, I, I mean, I'm look. This is this is my most anticipated show, of, of I mean, of any Star Wars show thus far, and it probably will be until I'm no longer here on this planet because Obi Wan Kenobi is just a great character. Um, th th this particular poster or promotional art, it's well done. I mean, it's about it. it it's focusing on Kenobi, obviously with the title, but then like we know they're going to class in this show. You know, for those who don't who haven't been paying attention to any promotion or what Kathleen has said in the last year or so, but Vader and Obi Wan will clash again, and I'm curious to see how that will play out. So it, it's just it's appropriate for this poster or promotional art to look this way. Yes. Oh ben. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm just sitting here looking at it. Yeah, like I think yeah, you know, Milton, you really nailed the points. Like. You know, it's appropriate to look this way. It builds the hype of the show. It, you know, obviously the focus should be on Kenobi and Vader, which we're presuming. So I think it it looks really good. It sets the tone. Mm -hmm. I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance this could be used in the show, but maybe um, because you know there've been different rumblings, they're gonna they could potentially fight multiple times in the show. Like I feel like there's a chance. Maybe this could be like a dream sequence type type deal okay. you know like like a like a vision you know maybe obi-wan thinking about what's gonna happen if i meet this meet vader again blah 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 like i i feel like it could be something along those lines more of like a a vision i would say but uh but yeah it should be 
it should be really good. Like, I mean, yeah, just, it just builds the excitement for the show. And that's, that's the main part or uh, the main, I guess, main purpose you would say of these right. pieces of marketing materials, just to like build the hype. Right. And here's the thing. You know, I, I mean, I, I'll throw this to you guys. This is probably some of the best promotional art I think they've done thus far. And, and this isn't me throwing shade. It's the fact that it's not over the top. I mean, look at look at all the films that they've released thus far. And I'm including the standalone films and the, the sequel trilogy. Those posters, I felt like, were very much full. You know, and it really, I mean, it took the focus away from a lot of different characters. So I think this one does a good job at keeping the focus on our two primary characters. And obviously, I'm, I'm sure we'll get another one with the Inquisitors. But I do like this, per, like this particular piece of art because it's just very simple. And it's to the point. Yeah, I think this poster is going to be something you'll find on a t-shirt, right? Like, they're going right. to use this. This is not even, like, the main poster or anything like right, that. Right, this right. is just something that's going to be hanging up in, like, Target's, like, toy aisle for the Star Wars mm-hmm. section. You know what I mean? As, like, a banner or something. And so so for that to be just this is impressive in its own right. Um, what I gleaned from this image is just, as Melton was saying, just this epic, um, simple. You got two characters, the hero and the antagonist. They're duking it out. We know what's going to happen. They're not, you know, they're not going light on this plot. Like Kathleen Kennedy said when she announced this project, this is the duel of the century. Like, there you go. This is what we're getting into. And we see right there in the middle. What what stood out to me as much as you two probably don't want to hear this <laughs> is, and I, I, I've seen this a lot on the internet, is this kind of reminiscent, reminiscent of the teaser poster for, the Rise of Skywalker with like the Emperor Palpatine like looming in the background, like the, yeah. there's a blue hue. I'm getting that sort of vibe from them kind of dueling and and like. But ben you know, saying, though, I can't, I, yeah, I, I can't be mad at that. Like I I, under, I see where that comes from because that that blue like makes sense. I mean the way it looks. I was actually thinking more. It would kind of remind me of I don't know if this is an actual real poster, but the Anakin Padme Attack of the Clones poster when it was like they're back to back. And the words are like, you know, a Jedi shouldn't fall in love, blah, blah, oh. blah. I kind of got that vibe because both they're, they're both facing each other. Obviously, this isn't a love story. But, you know, I kind of got that vibe, too, of like, okay, I can see that little symmetric, you know, you know, style of making this particular type of art. But, no, I see the Rise of Skywalker echoing, obviously, in this. But that's, that's not a bad thing because that's actually a kind of a – I will say that's probably a really good poster for the most part out of all those movies. Oh yeah, de- definitely. I mean, I mean, it's a good poster, and also like whether we you know like the movie or not, what it is, um, you know, it's just in like mark, just straight marketing wise. Mm. I think it's a good idea for them to do it that way, just because the rise of Skywalker is fresh in people's minds. So that's still like you know you still associate that sort of this sort of imagery with given you know of course it's Star Wars, but you know what I mean. Like you associate it with star wars like after seeing you know rise of skywalker in theaters like you associate these types of shots with star wars whether it would say like star wars or obi-wan on it like if you just saw the picture just just blind you'd say oh that's a star wars thing right yeah and i mean this just signifies as my title for this video in this episode podcast is like it is ramping up very quickly for this promotion of star wars obi-wan kenobi it seems like every time we get towards the end of like the, the current Marvel or Star Wars series, that's when they ramp up to production before the first thing's even done, right? We have two episodes mm-hmm. left of Moon Knight. 
But they're like, okay, we got to start promoting this thing now to get people excited so they know what to watch after Moon Knight gets over with. Um, because we're literally just a few days over a month from this thing actually airing its first two episodes, you know, on the 27th. So this, again, just kind of, we've seen it, we've seen the trailer. And it's like, yeah, that blew our minds with like, hey, this thing's actually happening. And then when you start to see this stuff, it becomes even more real. Like, okay, now the stuff that you'll see in the stores is out and it's it's getting out there to us. And hey, we'll be totally, you know, encumbered by all this Obi-Wan promotion. We're going to be saying, you know, the week or two before this comes out, oh, here's TV spot number 15. What's new in this one? Well, there's this one second yep. shot of the hilt of his lightsaber. And that's about all we have left to talk about on this. You know, we're going to be saying that pretty soon. It's, it's going to be crazy. Blink and you'll miss it. We're going to be there very quickly. <laughs> Oh yeah, we're. I mean, we're definitely going to be getting. A, a, I feel like a lot more. Like you said, now that Moon Knight's ramping down, now it's time to put the focus on Star Wars uh, or on Kenobi specifically. And I feel like that's what they're going to do. Like this retail, these these images coming out, and now it's like, you know, what's next? Here we, you know, here we go. Yeah. So also within like actually today we had, we had Total Film release two. Magazine covers for I think this this magazine is going on sale April twenty sixth I believe, uh, so we have one that features Obi Wan Kenobi kind of looking like he is with the hood up I believe now, um, I don't have an image for that one the pool right now but then we also have one that's just just an image of his lightsaber hilt so there you go I mean we had Entertainment uh, what was it? Entertainment Weekly or something that that I put yep. out the first thing so now we're having you know we'll probably have like an Empire magazine cover reveal at some point i'm, I'm assuming at what you know so they, again things are ramping up just like you would expect from a movie's promotion for getting this for a damn series who would have ever thought <laughs> i mean that's i mean i will say that's not surprising and like disney does a good job at marketing i mean they they are the the, well, the biggest company one of the biggest companies in the world and they, they've done a really good job at marketing any property that they touch i mean Say what you want about, you know, the these particular films over the last six, you know, years, their marketing has been amazing. You know, mm -hmm. I, the only criticism we should say that we probably have said multiple times in this podcast is that they're very cagey with information. Yep. But when when it comes to marketing their their movies and their property, it's like, oh, they they pretty much can't do no wrong. I mean, I know they've had some hiccups, but no, they they're great at this. So I, I have to continue to trust quote-unquote, trust the process, like Joel Embiid would say. <laughs> you know, I have to trust the process that Disney is going to market this show appropriately. And and they might overdo it at times because it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is their crown jewel, you know, of characters in their, their stable of characters. So the more, the better, and I'd be okay with that because everyone loves Kenobi. Heck oh, yeah. yeah. For, for sure. Like, the marketing... Um... Marketing for most, for the most part, has been done really well for all of these projects. I think, in general, from the movies to the TV shows. Like, I mean, me and my buddies were just talking about this last week. You know, say what you want, what about the Last Jedi? But the trailer's really good. It got you hyped. Like, it yeah. made you interested in the movie. It was exciting. And then, boom, coming out of that, I still you know, watch them to this day. I still watch them to this mm -hmm. day. All the trailers. Yeah, exactly. Going, going to Rise of Skywalker. There was not a single person that wasn't at a hype level, like through the roof, when Palpatine started laughing at the end. Like exactly. everybody, you know, they know how to market. So I think we're still, you know, of course, this marketing material is ramping up. 
we're going to be getting more and more um, looks at it through clips and maybe we're going to get another trailer like things like that um you know and just uh yeah just really amp things up for us really and i can i can see us getting another trailer before start before disney celebration or star Wars oh, celebration yeah. i think i think that they always release that one trailer yeah. where you hear some type of like mystery of a character popping out or familiar like you know oh, yeah. at the end of rise of skywalker or i think oh. rogue one you see vader's helmet at the end of the one trailer yeah. i can't remember but well, you know you, you know they have to give us a trailer with vader in it well uh, at least that, a glimpse of him that's see that's the thing if you i mean i mean heck if you listen to, to some of the streets uh around moss Eisley on the internet like it <laughs> sounds like we might we might um coming from one of my one of my buddies jason ward um we might get a, some type of a clip in the next like one to two weeks for this show, which I think it makes perfect sense. And then also we have CinemaCon, the Disney panel, I believe is next Wednesday coming up. Sure, you know, it's mainly for movies, but hey, with, with companies promoting their movies and stuff, I feel like there's a really good chance Disney could be like, hey, forget all your movies. We're going to drop a Kenobi trailer or something, or we're going to drop a Kenobi yeah. first look and just blow everyone out of the way out of the water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i'm going to kind of hold my expectations very low because yep. i've been burned from the mandalorian trailers and the book boba fett trailers as like they are showing us nothing interesting it's like the same thing over and over and over again so i, I mean the good thing is we're only a month away so it's not like hey they're gonna throw us a trailer we have to still wait three months like hey if they give us a trailer i'm gonna watch it of course and, and get excited about it but i'm not going in expecting to see like some right. new mystery character where we're gonna be speculating about it or anything because i feel like <laughs> disney promotes their their series um very much differently in terms of like reveals and stuff in the trailers versus just having people wait and see in the actual series right yeah, I mean, look at all the Marvel shows, the Star Wars shows. They virtually show nothing in the trailers. Like, and when it comes to Kenobi, for example, the next trailer we get, the next all the TV spots we get, it's all going to be, uh, I think, Star Wars candy, basically. As in, you know, it'll be shots us as fans like, shots us as fans talk about. Um, as you said, Milton, I actually do think. I mean, I don't, I don't know any information or anything, but I, I'm just speculating. I think, I think for the next trailer, or if it's not in the next trailer, maybe one of the TV spots, maybe, maybe, maybe May the Fourth they do it. But All I right. feel like, I feel like we are for sure gonna get some type of a look at Vader, just because it really sets more of the tone, like, you know, for. Uh, just for the series like you know because it's dark yeah. vader it it, it, it like signify it really solidifies like sure they've literally said he's in it they're gonna fight etc but it's that whole thing of like you know with star wars like hey we don't believe it until we actually see it on screen so like i think i think he, they're gonna show him yeah i mean here's the thing right is darth vader when people see him on a commercial and they realize oh my gosh like he's gonna be on my tv screen like not even in a theaters like i think they're they're going to get a jump up in subscribers because we see it every freaking couple months. Like Hasbro yeah. will put out a new line of toys and there's always some kind of version of a Darth Vader, which is funny when I say version of a Darth Vader because they're all freaking the same until you make one white and claim that it's a new figure and you try to sell it off to be a comic book tie-in or whatever. So we know that people love Vader and he is like an icon that promotes Star Wars in itself. So 
I think you are right. I think we'll see the trailer with him in it because that's going to be like the killing blow. Like people are going to have to subscribe to Disney Plus now because we're getting Vader in live action on the TV screen. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for oh. sure. I mean, and, and, and go ahead, Ben. Oh, I was going to say maybe. Who knows? Maybe we get uh, some type of like. Sure, they could do a cut of him, but maybe, maybe we get some type of a line from Vader, some type of an epic line. I don't even know what it would be. Like something, some epic line, like saying the name Kenobi or something, or uh, I don't know, or just, oh, you know, he's alive, or, you know, just something, or a Jedi's, maybe, hey, that's, maybe, maybe, you know, you don't directly say Kenobi, but you would have, like, Reva, since she's presumably, like, getting shown a lot for the Inquisitors, maybe she tells Vader, Lord Vader, there's a Jedi, we believe alive, blah, 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 like, you know, her reporting to Vader, so it's like, whoa, this this badass looking chick is reporting to Vader. Like what's going on here? Yeah. So that wasn't all with the Kenobi news because just today, as we're recording this, we also got word official word from vanity fair broke this one that Natalie Holt will be composing the score for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, so this is a big one um, because she's actually the first uh, female composer to compose a live action star Wars, anything. Um, so big, big, big groundbreaking things happening over there for for uh, for diversity and everything and everything else as far as you know that's all concerned. So pretty cool stuff there. Um, and she was the one that was responsible for the Loki soundtrack and a Loki score. So I, I I watched that show and I I do remember that the Loki score being pretty cool. I I really dug it. Um, what do you guys have to say about about this uh, this news here? Um, to me, I, I really don't know her work that well. I mean, I know you said she did the Loki stuff, so I, as, as long as it's good, I, I wouldn't, I don't even care. Like, I mean, I don't say, I don't mean to be dismissive of it. What I mean is like, if she's a good composer and she can kill Kenobi, great. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely know her name after that and I'll probably pay more attention to her career. Um, but I'm kind of surprised that they didn't, they didn't use John Williams or and I wouldn't say not use him, but. And maybe they might consult him on like how to maybe bring more of the Star Wars feel into it, which I'm sure they use a lot of familiar. Well, themes, I, th- I, I, just to interject real quick, Mullen, I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm pretty sure I read like it was a Vanity Fair or Hollywood Reporter thing. I'm pretty sure John Williams was consulting on this. Like okay. I, I feel like I have read that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are getting no. ahead of yourselves. I was, I was going to actually mention that, but go ahead. Keep, keep no, I'm glad, no, I'm glad, glad you said it because the reason why I bring this up, I bring this up because this isn't like, you know, a Rogue One or a Clone Wars where like, yeah, it's Star Wars, but they're they're not the primary focus of the main characters. Like this is something that John Williams has been tied to. It's like, well, he's this a main character. So I would assume like he wanted to at least put his prints on this and maybe create something special for Kenobi. I mean, he worked with Ewan McGregor. You know, it's doing those prequel films. You know, he Duel of the Fates, Battle of Heroes, Cross the Star. Like we can name all their tracks that Kenobi and his character and Ewan McGregor was connected to throughout those prequels. So that's why I'm bringing that up. But again, if this if this Natalie person is is, is fire with it, oh, I'm all about it. Like I wouldn't even hate because I I love all the Star Wars music. Um, I, I love the soundtrack. So I assume this will be great. I'm surprised they didn't actually go to Kevin Kiner. Because yeah. Kevin kind of did what Clone Wars? Did, did he, he did, do he Rebels? Did Clone too? Wars, Rebels, Bad yeah. Batch, but, right? Kevin Kiner or uh, even Mike, Michael Giacchino who did Rogue One. I loved his soundtrack. So, like, See, I'm surprised. Uh, that, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't go to some of those guys first. But at the end of the day, if she's the best person for the job, 
who am I to hate? Here's the thing. Okay, so I've got to I've got to set this all straight. So John Williams did actually work on this show. And it's it's in the article, okay. Vanity Fair. Uh, I'm going to read straight from the source here. Um, so the question was asked, how did you and Williams come to work in tandem? Obi-Wan is a legacy character that John hadn't written a theme yeah. for because he died quite early on in A New Hope. It's the only legacy character that he hadn't done. So he spoke to Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy and said, I just want to write a Benny theme. So who could deny of that? Eddie did. He wrote the Obi-Wan theme, and it just embodies the spirit of the show entirely. Okay. See, good uh, this is awesome, right? Because, I mean, I understand why he wouldn't do the show. That's that's a huge endeavor. I don't know if he's ever going to like write an entire show anymore. But the fact that he's able to kind of... I mean, I don't know what he, what he wrote like before. Well, actually, Jaws obviously came up before Star Wars. But like, it's kind of cool to see him coming around full circle. You know, like one of his earlier works had to have been Star Wars 40 years ago, 45 years ago almost at this point. And then he's getting to circle back and add something to Star Wars again with one of the first characters to be in Star Wars with Obi-Wan Kenobi. So I, I find that quite poetic and, and pretty cool. And and the fact that as I'm reading this article and she sounds like, you know, she's honoring him, obviously, John Williams, with what he did before, before, before but adding in some things here and there. So here's an no, interesting. That's what's, up. that's what's up. I'm glad. Oh, yeah. Well, while you were saying that, Chris. An interesting thing. So I was just doing a little Googling. She's actually only been working, um, composing since 2007 on like Hollywood productions and things. So she's fairly young. And I was looking, she's only 39 years old. So she has to be, I think, the youngest composer probably ever to work on Star Wars, I would I would guess. Because John Williams yeah. is 90. Like yeah. she's probably the youngest person, I think, to um, ever compose for Star Wars. So that's actually pretty cool. So, you know. She's probably, you know, potentially, like I said, she's only been composing um, on in Hollywood since about 07, 06, 07. So she probably grew up, you know, watching the prequels. Like if she if she had seen Star Wars back then, which, you know, if she was interested in music. I'm sure she will. I'm sure she probably had some sort of influence from the prequels because 22 years ago, she would have been only 17 years old. So, you know. She's fairly young, and it, it'll be interesting to see her overall um, influence from the prequels on this show. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, because having somebody that's a little bit younger has that more affinity for the prequels, I feel like, for the most part. Right? She yeah. would probably be like in her late teens when I'd come out, because she's almost 10 years older than I am at this point. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's pretty cool about the youngest, the youngest composer. That, that's pretty neat there. But again, like seeing John Williams touching a series, right? Getting his hands involved with a series like Obi-Wan, like, you know, that this is going to swing hard. You know, this is going to be pretty big. If, if John Williams wants to leave his stamp on this thing, you know, that he had a good idea. This show is going to be good. Right. No, I, 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 I agree. Oh, yeah, for sure. so that is going to do it for our discussion on the latest with Obi-Wan Kenobi. A lot of stuff breaking, and I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about <laughs> next week. But switching gears to another forthcoming Disney Plus Star Wars series, that is Cassian Andor. And both of these stories come from Bespin Bulletin. They claim that these sources um, could be pretty good for the most part. And the first one we're going to talk about here today has to do with 
uh, season one featuring, and this is going to be light spoiler territory. So anybody that doesn't want to know anything about any like background character showing up, it's not going to be very big for the plot. I'll just give you a warning and maybe fast forward about five minutes or something. Um, three, two, one. So according to this, the Royal Guards at Mas Masamida is going <clears> to, <throat> I butcher that name, Masamida is going to be in <laughs> season one of Cassie and Andor. Um, and what they go and they, they break this down further saying that there's going to be a scene in the Senate chamber where Masamida is going to be there. And I guess he's going to be, he, you know, he's the Grand Vizier. He's like the right hand man of the emperor at this point. Um, he's going to be there with the uh, with the royal guards, I guess, guarding him. Um, so what are your what are your reactions to this one, Milton? I think it's cool. I mean, he, he's a character that we would like to know more about. Um, I don't think that's much of a spoiler, in my opinion, because it makes sense that he's there. You know, this is during the the I guess the height of the empire and them, you know, being in full control. Of, of the galaxy so for him to be around makes sense so if anyone gets upset about this being a spoiler like get over yourselves because this character is not dead at this <laughs> point yeah I, seriously like i mean that, that's, that's like saying oh uh three mom, mom, shows up. yeah mom exactly or um your boy uh jimmy smith's yeah, um bail gone like he shows up or if leia popped up in the show it, it, it would make sense because she's yeah. alive and she's an integral part of Star Wars. So to me, Master Media makes sense. I, I want to see what he's been up to. He to me seems kind of sleazy. Oh yeah. So I hope I hope they make him like a sleazy, like uh, brown nosing politician. I guarantee this how he what he has to be yeah. like. Yeah. But I would like to see what he's been doing during this time because we really don't get to know him unless you you know read the comics because I guess in the comics or oh yeah or books he is trapped at the Jedi temple at one point. Uh -huh. like, they, they lock him in there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's well, the thing, no, right? I'm, I'm cool with this. Yeah, Masa Meda has very much been in the forefront of the comics. Right now, he's very much involved with the Darth Vader comics. He's kind of chiding Darth Vader, kind of poking fun at him a little bit, but knows that the Emperor is going to protect him, you know, a lot. So, right. yeah, he's a scumbag, and he's just a jerk in general. Uh, and, and we see him his end. I don't know. I, I have to see if he's alive or not. I know he was in some interlude chapters in Aftermath Empire's End. He mm -hmm. was trapped, like you said, in Coruscant building. Um, and I don't know if they arrested him or what happened to him. But I can't for, remember. Yeah. Yeah. For for me, what this signifies, the first thing is when they said the Senate Chamber, I'm like, yes, we're going back to Coruscant. This is going to be our first real look besides like the 30 second glance on the inside of Rogue One at Coruscant. Our first look at the Imperial District, hopefully, they're not going to just cut to the interior. Hopefully, we get to see the outside, the glory of right. that whole city during the Empire's reign. So that that was the first thing I'll say about that one, and I'll let, I'll let Ben discuss this well, one before I go further. I think, I think this, um, I think we'll for sure be seeing the outside of it, because I think this could potentially be a, you know, we... We've been told this is like a spy series, so I think there's a chance Cassian is going to be breaking in, sneaking in somehow into the Senate chambers, and he's going to be on looking this address somehow, potentially. So, like, maybe maybe it'll be something like that where we see, you know, we'll see the exterior, we'll see the interior of the building, and then into the chamber. Like, I think, I think there's a chance for that. Um, also, with the massive address that Massimita will be doing... There's a very good chance, like, 
I mean, I think for Kenobi and Andor, really, there's a good chance we get a hologram of Palpatine at some oh. point. And the main reason I say that, too, of course, is just the timeline. But, like, Ian McDermott had a real weird interview. It was, like, a month or two ago. We might even mention it on this show. But he had a real real weird interview. He was like, oh, no, you know, um, my character in Episode Nine is totally dead. But, you know, who knows where he could appear before that or something. Yeah. You know, like, it was like, it was like a real weird comment. And it's like, yeah. okay, so are we going to maybe see him in Andor Kenobi? And and for this show, maybe we see him as a hologram. Like, you know, right. maybe Massimita, like, gives some spiel. And he's like, you know, the Emperor of the Galaxy, uh, blah, 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 blah. And introduces well, Palpatine. I, I, I agree with that because, I mean, didn't he bring back Ian McDermott as a voice in, uh, in Rebels for that time? Um, mm-hmm. what's, that, what's that episode? Yep. Um, world, world, world between world, worlds. Between worlds. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So they brought him back already. So there's precedent for that. So if you want to shoot him as a hologram, like that's fine with me. I mean, I think I think that's dope. So I, I mean, there, there, there's no need to make him come back and shoot on set. So we're good. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, the thing with with this is it gets me excited. It gets me to spin the the mind with the speculation, so to speak, because. If you're going to have any kind of Massimera, you know there's going to be a political presence in this show. The fact mm-hmm. that they mentioned they're going to be in the Senate, you listen to what happens in A New Hope, um, in Rebels, right? Like they dissolve the Senate. So we're going to mm-hmm. see the Senate at the end of its lifespan, see how the re- early rebellion is like maneuvering perhaps through official channels while they're on the back end dealing with like actual rebel like strikes and stuff like that. So I'm really excited to see because this this makes me think that this show is going to be a lot deeper than I originally thought it could be, right? Um, maybe seeing Bail Organa, Mon Mothma having like their own scenes, like where their B plot of the story is they're trying to maneuver some stuff in official ways. And that's where we see like a constant or like a couple of Senate scenes where we're seeing uh, Masameda who's kind of like stepping in for Palpatine when Palpatine is off doing his own thing. And he's got the guards flanking him, of course. So... Stuff like that, but it wouldn't be no big stretch to have uh, Ian McDermott, right? And I know um, this is a long sh- this is a long stretch because he's been at a lot of celebrations, but hell, he's already been confirmed to be a guest at celebration. Maybe he's there to also promote something more than his previous works. Maybe he's gonna have a part, and they'll have him on stage to say, "Hey, the Emperor's back." And then he could talk about that all weekend. You know what I mean? So. Right. I might be looking too much into that because he's always at celebration, but hey, it's also a thought. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm again, I'm fine with it. If they want to bring him back for a, a five minute scene as a hologram, that's fine with me. Yeah, I mean, have have a five minute scene like that. Heck, if you want to go full blown, full blown scene with him, just do like a scene kind of mirroring, um, attack the clones. Have like Bale and have some of the other priority Senate leaders sitting like meeting in the mm. office with Palpatine. Like that oh. would really set that would yeah, set a tone. Fire. Like that would set a tone of urgency. Even though we know Bale survives, oh, I'd be like, man. holy crap, what could happen here? Like we know exactly who the Emperor is, and Bale knows exactly who that would be at this yep. point. So like oh, that man. just uh, just imagine a scene like that, just kind of mirroring Attack of the Clones, but now him in full blown. You know, he's the Emperor. Like. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just there's so many possibilities because also this is 12 episodes. So I really think, you know, going off your thing, what you mentioned, Chris, was we're for sure going to be getting scenes that are not um, 
and or focused. It'll be like Mon Mothma. It'll be Bail Organa. It'll be people like that. Because I do not think by any stretch we're going to get 12 straight episodes of Cassian. Yeah, it's funny how Star Wars names their TV shows, right? They tend to name them after a character because I guess they feel like the metrics of the social media and all will be like, oh, it'll be more successful if people can just say the name of a character and people will want to watch it, right? But you look at The Mandalorian, you look at The Book of Boba Fett, especially The Book of Boba Fett, it's like, could this have been called Underworld or something like that? Who knows? Um, and then you're looking at Cassian Andor, especially, as you said, 12 episodes, it's like, this could have easily been called, like, The Early Rebellion or some other mm. much cooler name than that. Um, and I think that's basically what I'm going to label the show as because so far, or, or just could, or yeah. it could have been just called the Alliance. Yeah, there you, you know go. Like, it just, there it you go. Dope, was, yeah, there you go. Uh, one final story connected to Cassian. This one came in as well earlier today as of recording this. News breaking left and right. It was kind of crazy. This is according to Bestman Bulletin as well, and they have on good authority. That Cassian Andor is set to film season two starting in November, and it will take approximately eighteen months of production. Whoa! Um, yeah, they said that this show, season two, if that's how long it takes, it's not going to be out till like twenty twenty four. That's crazy. Which actually kind of tracks because it seems like some of these series might take two years these days. Like not just with Star Wars, like Witcher took like two years to get its second season out so like with the budget and especially yeah. with how casting indoor films like they didn't really use a lot of the volume from what i imagine i know there's a lot of set pictures they built sets specifically for the show like out in the middle of nowhere so that makes sense but it's like damn like they are treating this series like a freaking feature film production with being shooting that long because we knew how long season one took already we expected the season one to be out like probably at least a year or two ago with how long they've been filming that one. So right. what do you guys think about that one starting with Ben? Yeah, that's I didn't realize that, actually. Um, that's crazy. Like 18 months. I mean, I mean, in terms of like even a movie, a two and a half hour movie, you know, they're really only on set for maybe like six months total, four months, five months. Like they're not on set like for that long. Like that's wild, like 18 months of production. Um, it just solidifies our point we were just discussing in our prior topic. Like this show I think is going to be in a lot more depth and detail than what we even realize right now. Like there could be a lot more building. I mean, who knows if they, like they presumably per perfected a lot, of, a lot more of the CGI tech you know, we could be getting like maybe the young Leia Milton, like maybe some type of a young Leia, um, some type of like, you know, more things like along those lines. Um, just because like, you know, why else? Who knows? Maybe we get full blown, you know, sure. It's, it's a Cassian show. But, you know, like we just mentioned, this is going to be kind of like the rebel slash empire show at the end of the day. Maybe we're going to get Kenobi as a cameo at some point, whether it be in season one or season two to show why him and Bail Organa were so, uh, like, tight or whatever, like, you know, so, like, maybe maybe we get him, because, I mean, even McGregor's around right now, and presumably he's enjoying being around, so why not have him yeah. pop in? Like, I feel like there's so many possibilities they could do with this now, and uh, just to really flesh things out, I would say. Heck yeah, heck yeah, so... 
I mean, yeah, this is, this is going to take a long time. going to take a long time. Um, but I think uh, when season one comes out, and, and I think we'll hopefully see some footage at Celebration that'll kind of ease our ease our patience. Like, okay, I see what they're doing here. I see the potential of how big and sprawling this sheer series is going to be, especially with 12. we got to realize, too, it's 12 episodes. I mean, we're used to these seven, eight-episode series, which even still almost take longer than a year. Right. So put that in perspective and the thing is there's more star wars being made around the clock right so yeah. we'll have our distractions elsewhere for we'll have the acolyte season one out we'll probably have this grammar rodeo show coming out we'll have you know seasons maybe three and four of mandalorian by the time this comes out at this point so there's a lot more to look forward to at star wars there always is I kind of hope, because it's 12 episodes, I kind of hope they release two at once. Like, do two episodes each week. You know, and make it, like, obviously your Friday. Because they always do Friday episodes for Star Wars, right? Does that, does that make Not sense? Not anymore. Yeah, it's all on Wednesdays oh, is it Wednesday? Now. Okay, Wednesday. Yeah. So, 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 once you do... If you have 12... That means going 12 weeks with with episodes like that, I don't know if that's... Because that, they always have, like, Marvel stuff ready to go, too. When's the show coming out again? We don't know, actually. I mean, it's they, saying it's summer. Summer well, of of this year? See, yep. I think... I, I I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, is that what the article said? Because the thing is, I know for sure at the Disney investor meeting... The they investor said, meeting. Yeah, yeah, the investor called. They said quarter four. That could okay. be the end so of... That, that That means the end of summer, though. Quarter four is yes, like not right. what you would think. But so, like, isn't, end of August, maybe. Right, right. But what, what aren't there Marvel movies coming out? Uh, and like we got, yeah. Well, we got Ms. Marvel that's starting up in right. the beginning of June, so that's yes, gonna be they got, they over. Got a couple shows coming. Yeah, they got a couple Five, movies coming July. out in the fall. I, I'm just saying, like, if, for for marketing purposes and also like just to space out things, like you know, we do we want that to interfere with anything that's Marvel related because the movies are going to be popping. I mean, they they tend to do well, obviously. But like you know, do we want to stretch out twelve weeks when we don't have to do that? Well, you know, see, we, I, we, I I totally get where you're coming from on that, Milton. My right. only little, my only little, like pushback on that, I guess, mm -hmm. is I feel like the audiences are cross audiences. Like anybody who watches Star Wars watches all the right. Marvel shows on Disney. So like, I feel like, I feel like when they get to a point, we there's so much content, and we haven't even mentioned there's. You know, supposedly, like, like I, like I always joke, I'll believe you when I see it when Mando season three comes out this year. But you know, supposedly Mando season three is supposed to come out this year too. So, right. like, you know, if you have these things, um, I think, I think they're going to get to a point where they're like, hey, we know our audience is just going to watch them both, so mm. let's just overlap them because Obi Wan's going to be playing right over top of Miss Marvel, like, right. you know. Oh, and, and I'm and I'm watching Obi Wan. Let's be real here. Like, I mean, look, Miss Marvel can be what it is. I have no interest in that show. No disrespect. Yep, none at all for me. But, yeah, but no. it's, Keno it's Kenobi, bro. It's Kenobi. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry. Kenobi trumps anything, right? Like, like anything Miss Marvel. Hell, it, it might trump anything that's Marvel-related right now. If if, if, if I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing Thor and seeing Multiverse of Madness. No yeah. lie. Yeah. But if those three properties came out at the same time, Kenobi... And those other two movies, I'm watching Kenobi's episodes first and what the movie's on second. I'm sorry. Because Marvel, we know what that is. We, well, we know what, to... what Marvel will be. Kenobi, yeah. we haven't seen Ewan McGregor play this character in what? Nope. It's, uh, what, since 2005? So that's what, 
15 plus years? Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. I, 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 need, I need to see. I, I'm going to want to see him. So Marvel can wait. <laughs> I'm sure, I, I'll get to Chris Hemsworth. I, I know Chris Hemsworth is going to deliver as Thor. I know Cumberbatch is going to deliver as, you know, um, Doctor Strange. I, just need, I, want, I want Obi back. Yep. There we go. I fully agree with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the part that really disheartens me about Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I'll say this before we move on, is the fact that I'm going to see the first two episodes of Celebration, mm-hmm. and then I get back on Tuesday. Basically, when we, when we record the podcast, we're going to have to talk about Celebration in three episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi in two hours. I'm sitting here back in my brain, like, how am I gonna do this? <laughs> we, I mean, Mega we, edition we, of the podcast. We might have to do like a, a two-parter or something. I don't even know, but I'm gonna tell you right now, there's no way that premiere episode is gonna be trash. There's no way. There's no way those first two. If, if they pivoted and say, "Hey, we're gonna now give you two," we've been saying that for the last two shows. I think when it comes to Disney or Star Wars, release them as a two-episode premiere because it it flows better. You're setting it's up like your a story significantly. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to be invested. Like, the best one thus far, the best premiere that we've watched, and we probably all agree with it right now, will be um, uh, uh, Bad Batch. That premiere episode was like, what? Oh, yeah. An hour and some change? That was such a good episode. And it was, it was two episodes pretty much combined. Yeah, it, was like, it was like 80 minutes. Like three. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, set your story up. Give us the substance first so we can be invested and stay every week. Yeah, that's what's so hard to uh, hard to balance, right? It's like they're used to putting out movies where, like, you got no choice. You're sitting through that movie, no matter if it's good in the first thirty minutes or the first five Absolutely. minutes, right? So, yeah. with this, it's so quick for the people's attention spans. To be like, I'm gonna watch this when it all comes out. You know, yeah. eh, the first episode, I'll just binge it. Like I hear that so right. many times. The Halo series, it's like. Yeah, I'm gonna just binge it when it's all out. Tell me when it's done. You know. Oh, I'm so I'm sitting here. Yeah, see, I'm so anti-binge watching. Like, I, like, I'm completely against Netflix's model of dropping seasons because I think it's just so much more fun. Like, you know, I love the opening premieres, like you said, like we all said. Um, you know, showing the two episodes is a great way to start, but I would not want all six episodes dropped at once just because. Like, I think you know one of the most fun parts of these shows nowadays. Like, you know, say what you want. I'm definitely can be anti-social media sometimes with how people act on there on a daily basis. But one of the most fun parts about um, these shows is getting on social media and seeing what the other fans are talking about for the week leading up, speculating, talk, you know, like just the buildup I think is a lot of fun. Even the actors I feel like are having a lot of fun. Like in the Halo series, for example, like Pablo Schreiber is like real active on Twitter between, you know, week to week for Halo episodes and, you know, stuff like that. I think it's just a lot of fun for just fans and all the actors and everybody involved just week to week, like building the hype, you know? But Ben, you've been saying that for a while about how you should let the actors promote the show themselves. Like, yep. Let them, let them, like, they're going to promote the show by interacting with the fans. So, well, it's funny you say that. So I was listening to another Star Wars podcast when I was working out earlier in the week. And the funny thing is, I thought, man, did you guys listen to our podcast? Because they, uh, they had a suggestion that was very familiar, that sounded familiar to our suggestion of, hey, th- their idea they came up with was Star Wars, you know, to, to help with the fans. They should just have like a five minute video with Dave Filoni every week on YouTube talking yeah. to the fans. And I thought, oh, hey, that was yeah. our idea. <laughs> yes. Um, 
but but really they like 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 you said the actors building up the promotion for it like you know you have um like uh, the different actors already in kenobi they've been you know they post about it. like moses ingram the actress that's playing reva she's post you know she's posted stunt work on her instagram like flipping around with lightsabers and stuff like she's doing a lot of her stunts which is awesome like 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 you know not to totally sidetrack but one of the most fun parts i think leading up to the force awakens leading up to even the last jedi um was but well before daisy before daisy shut down her instagram daisy ridley was like really putting in the work she was going to the gym like every single yes, day I remember those, lifting yeah. doing all her stunt work all like like seeing the actors like process like that like hyping up the movie or show like it's just one of the most fun parts about it and like for kenobi i think kenobi it's gonna be really special just because you know Every week, you know, Ewan McGregor is going to be getting interviewed somewhere and talking about the show. Like, you know, you know that. I feel like that's a given. And I think mm -hmm. that's going to be a fun part of the, the buildup. Well, yeah. And that's and I'm about to say, and I don't know if you guys have HBO Max, but I know yep. for mm -hmm. or even was it HBO Max or even uh, Peacock, because I was watching the Bel Air show on Peacock, which is that reboot of uh, oh, yeah. Fresh Prince. Yep. They, they do a weekly podcast with the actors. Oh, yep. Like, wow. like like after after the episode. Now I'm assuming it's either pre-recorded and they release it like after the episode, but like they do that. Or I remember actually um speaking at Air, like you know CW Arrowverse. So back like when um when Arrow season two came out, John Campio was yep. doing like an after. Show. Remember that? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was doing that after show. Yep. Stephen Amell was always on there. Stephen Amell was on it sometimes, and then like yep. they branched it off, and then they did a a flash one like. Literally that right after the episode ended, they played it, you know, whatever on YouTube. And I'm thinking this is dope because sometimes the actors will call in and be like, oh, hey, I'm watching the after show. I want to talk to you guys about what happened in this episode. And I'm okay. thinking like Star Wars, you've done that with Rebels and Clone Wars before yeah. with Andy. And what was it? Andy and the other guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I forget Anthony. his name. Bring that back. Yeah. <laughs> after each episode, do a half an hour Star Wars show. Let's say, let's say interview you in interview Hayden you give me a 30 minute interview with Hayden who rarely does interviews I'm I'm locked in yeah well that's like that's like this week um I didn't I didn't uh see if we marked it in our show notes but uh but like Hayden you know Hayden came out this week and said he prepped for Kenobi by binge watching Clone yeah. Wars and Rebels like Dope. that's that's <laughs> awesome so that means I'm really interested to see also, you know, that kind of implies we're for sure getting Hayden out of the Darth Vader have suit to, because he like we're going to see kind of a mixture of him, you know, mixing with the Anakin from Clone Wars, which will be interesting to see Hayden portray it that way. Like to see right. actual Hayden acting like the Clone Wars Anakin. Like, I think it's going to be really, really fascinating. Yeah. Like, you I know, just, but the I, actors just promote it. Like, it's just it's just hype, you know. Right. Here's the dopest part about the, that, too. Imagine hearing Hayden Christensen actually say the words Ahsoka and talk about her. I'd be like, yo, like, like that, that comes for full circle because it's like, oh, damn, like he really like Anakin does know like the, our version of Anakin as kids growing up in the movies. Like, oh, that's Ahsoka's master. Like, that's wow. like ima imagine hearing Hayden's talk about Ahsoka, like as the Hayden, as the Anakin Skywalker character. I'm like, that'd be dope. Well, yeah, we're I mean, gonna look, hear that because he's gonna be in the Ahsoka show. So I'll say he's in the Ahsoka right? I mean, that's so dope, though. That's coming full circle. So, again, like, let these actors promote this show. Just let them just come out and talk about it. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, oh my god, we, we want to hear from them. It ain't, mm -hmm. ain't that hard. 
You know, like, all, all I would give, I would love, like, you don't have to do any type of high production, nothing. Just literally get, um, after every episode of Kenobi, like, minus the premiere, just because it's celebration. So, say episodes three through six, literally, just have Ewan, Hayden, um, have one of the Inquisitor actors, have uh, maybe whoever else, like, have four of the actors on, and then have... Uh, maybe one commentator and literally just do a Skype call for 30 minutes. Just make yeah. it. Who cares? Who cares about quality? Just yeah. do a Skype call for yeah. 30 minutes. Pretty much just, like, like just the three Spider-Man. Remember that yeah. interview with the three Spider-Man like oh, well, a couple months yeah, ago? The, the, yeah. The three Spider-Man. And then they did it for the Zack Snyder justice league. Literally yeah, all, all they did, they had Gal Gadot, Henry Cavill, Zack Snyder. They all just called in on Skype. It was kind of crappy quality, but you know, got the point across. It was, it was incredible seeing it. So like, just do something like that. Like, like that type of fan engagement, I think could just go such a long way for star Wars, who we mentioned earlier was so cagey all the time. Like, like that's, that's all we want. Like, man, star Wars, if you guys are listening, like hire us to be your social media community managers, like we'll, we'll come up with ideas here. <laughs> yeah. We, we'll take care of you. Oh man. Yeah. So there you go. We're going to get excited for that just in a couple weeks. And, uh, well, celebrations definitely going to get them talking. That's for sure. Um, getting into some more serious talk, uh, we do have an update. We are getting that Book of Boba Fett behind-the-scenes treatment that we got for The Mandalorian Season 1 and 2. Uh, this is coming to us from the source of Disney Gallery, what's on DisneyPlus.com. Um, so they've, they've broken lots of things in the past. So this is coming to us on May the 4th. So, May the 4th, we are getting Star Wars content, because up until then, I wasn't sure if we were. Um, so, there you have it. I, I'm excited to see a lot of Tamar Morrison behind-the-scenes stuff, because, right. oh, man, does he does he crack me up in, in, in The Mandalorian, playing the guitar, just doing the haka and all this kind of stuff, having fun on set, so I can't wait to see more of that. Yeah, I'm excited for that, too. And what's funny is, and I guess I should have included this in my week in Star Wars, so I've been... You know, I watch documentaries all the time, and I actually went back and watched some of the Attack of the Clones docs. And I think on YouTube, someone combined it like a lot of the clips and made like a huge like hour and thirty minute one. But anyways, I was listening to that, and it had um, Tamara Morrison on it, obviously, and just how funny he was and how excited he was to be like Django Fett and how they um, who's the Daniel Logan, you know, playing um, young Boba. And how they interacted. And then, like, you come full circle with Boba Fett now. It's like, man, that, that was such a great time in Star Wars. And seeing, like, that Django became this bigger-than-life character and Boba became this bigger-than-life character that we all love. It's like, I, I, I love the, the, the casting that they did for these characters. I, I love it. I mean, whether it's Daniel Logan, Tamora Morrison, it's, it's all great. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I actually do like behind-the-scenes stuff, obviously, so... I'll be very invested when this comes out. Yeah, so we got one for specifically on Luke Skywalker. That was really cool with the technology. Uh, so I'm interested to see a lot about what's going on with Tatooine, how much of it was on the volume, how much of it was filmed like on set. That that could be in interesting there. Uh, definitely more of the Luke stuff because we've seen how much got improved mm. with Luke. So I want to see if they'll if they'll talk more about the deep fake guy that was involved and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would love I would for them love to them. just have the deepfake guy be in the gallery video. Like, 
like we mentioned, you know, when they hired him, it's like having a big company, multi-billion dollar company like Star Wars hire, for all intents and purposes, just a nobody YouTuber. Like, you know, like hiring just one of us, one of the people, like, that's awesome. Like, have him on there talking like, hey, this is this is what happened. This is like, uh, you know, how I did it, et cetera. Like, like just right. have him on there talking like, um, you know, those type of things I feel like will, will be nice. And it'll just be cool seeing more of the behind the scenes. And I wonder with the way fans are with the perception of Star Wars right now and things, like, I wonder if they're going to, like, you know, I we all know it's the Book of Boba Fett show, but is it going to be uh, the Book of Boba Fett behind the scenes featuring Mando and Luke and a little bit of Boba? Like, um, so I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if the gallery overshadows um, Boba just like basically Mando and Luke did in his own show. I mean, it's very, it's very much possible. I mean, cause especially, I mean, look, that, that Luke episode was fire, you know, yep. let's be real here, but we do want to, we, we, we all know what we want to see. Let's be real. Yep. Here. When they, when they released that particular episode about the behind the scenes of Luke, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm locked in for sure, but I'll watch anything that's behind the scenes, but the Luke thing will overshadow. We all know it will, because, I mean, let's be real here, Book of Boba Fett was very up and down, you know, and hopefully season two, if they have a season two, um, will we'll bounce back and be more consistent, because that character isn't trash. Like, he's not a trash character. It's just for some weird reason they're very inconsistent with that show. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, so Book of Boba Fett, like, like you said, that character isn't trash or anything. Mm -hmm. It's a, um, you know, Boba, he, I I just feel like it's interesting, you know, us as hardcore fans and so many other hardcore fans have talked about this show, um, and not maybe, maybe not like as exciting light as we have, say, Mando season two or, you know, even Mando season one. But it's so interesting, like, all the quote-unquote, like, normie, like, normal fans, like, that aren't, like, sitting on Star Wars podcasts on Friday nights, like, you know, all the fans that just watch casually, everybody I've talked to seem to have really liked that show a lot. Like, um, you know, even the ratings reflect it. Like, you know, it's put up numbers. Yeah. You know, it's right up there. Like, the, like, the Boba finale was right there with the Mando finales. So, like, it just, it makes you wonder, are... Like, sure, obviously we have our opinions and stuff of the show, of course. But it makes you wonder, like, are we, as Star Wars fans, being overly critical? You know, because we're Star Wars fans, we're hardcore about it. But, like, so for the normal audience, you know, they're viewing it like, hey, we're getting to see Boba. Like, this is pretty dang cool. So it just, yeah, you know, it just makes you wonder, like, right. like, like where that line is, I guess. Chris, I think you're muted. Yeah, Chris, you're muted. I'm muted once again. There we go. Um, <laughs> Milton, I know you have to you have to head out, so I'll make you say your uh, your outro if you would like. No, I appreciate, it, man. Yeah, sorry, I got to take off tonight, guys, early, but I always like being here on the podcast. Um, look, I'm 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 excited for Kenobi coming up. Obviously, I think that's going to be a really good show. I don't see that show being disappointing at all. Um, I think Star Wars 
overall is heading into a really good direction. So I think if they keep, you know, they keep on the course and, you know, they, they actually are open to stuff, I think we'll be fine. But again, I appreciate being on the podcast tonight, fellas. You guys can, you know, kill the rest of the show. I appreciate it. Follow me on Twitter at Milton Weber seven. I'll be back next week. So, all right. Sounds good. Have a good one, man. Thanks for joining the conversation, everybody. Have you a great can go weekend. find Milton guys. on Twitter talking about a lot of things with Star Wars included there. Yep. Have a good weekend, guys. Take care. Stay safe, man. Yep, you too. All right. So with that, we're going to transition from talking about the series to talking about my favorite thing when it comes to Star Wars is the video games. So we have a lot going on with the video games. We just had Lego Stars, which we'll talk about in a few minutes here. But we got some huge news, huge news for the game industry. We are getting another take with Amy Hennig in Star Wars. As those of you have might remembered, she was in charge of Project Ragtag, which was unfortunately canceled back with um, Visceral Studios underneath of EA when EA was control of everything. And now she's looking like she's taking a, another stab at this brand new narratively focused action adventure game with her brand new studio that she's ahead of um, Sky Media Games. No, I'm totally butchering that. Let me look at the notes to make sure I'm not messing this up. Um, let's see. Her news is Skydance New Media. There we go. Skydance New Media creating a brand new Star Wars game. So we don't really have any information at all based on this. But what I can say is I'm very excited because not always do we have like another director take a crack at something in any kind of format, whether it be like movies or video games or whatever have you, right? So for me, this is this is pretty cool. What do you have to say about this one, Ben? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we've heard about it for years now, and it's just uh, it's going to be interesting to see, like you said, you know, she's taking another crack at it. And also... Um, Gosh, hey, it's, it's too bad Milton already hopped off because one of the things, you know, Milton always says on here is like, hey, give us more Star Wars games. Give us more Star Wars games. Give us more Star Wars games. And this is what they're doing. So, like, even though, you know, we really don't know much about it, hey, it's at least another game. So, like, my, my thing is with these Star Wars games is even if there are games you don't like, now they're starting to come out at a pace where... It's almost like the movies and shows where, you know, hey, if you don't like Book of Boba, don't worry about it. We got Kenobi coming out a few months later. Hey, you don't like uh, Star Wars Lego? Don't worry about it. We got a new Star Wars game coming out next year. Like, you know, I feel like it's it's good we're getting to a point where you have selections to choose from. Because, like, like you know, back in the day, the prequel era got so much... Uh, uh, negativity around it because a lot of people viewed it, you know, like, holy smokes, these are the final three Star Wars movies we're ever going to get, possibly. Like, so, you know, there was so much worry, but now with the how many movies and how many shows and how many games there are, even if there's games you don't like, it doesn't matter. There's something else always in the pipeline. So, like, this is just another opportunity to put another game on the, uh, the platter and spectrum of Star Wars gaming. Yeah, so for those of you, and I, and I did a separate video about this already, about just, hey, what is Project Ragtag? What's the significance of Amy Hennig coming back? Remember, she was the one in charge for Jack and Daxter for the Uncharted series, which most of you probably know that series pretty well if you're a fan of the Sony PlayStation. But 
Project Ragtag would be a game that is set kind of right after the Empire, or no, right after A New Hope, in between that and Empire Strikes Back. You are playing like a survivor of Alderaan, which obviously has been destroyed, and the Empire is like basically killing all of the Alderanians. Like they're just headhunting for these Alderanians to like stop spreading the word that they're like basically their planet got destroyed by the Empire. The Empire's figures they could hide that information somehow, I guess. Um, so that's what's happening in that game. It was supposed to be, I mean, we've seen like a little clip of it back in 2016 on like this big conference with a lot of Star Wars games. They showed a brief glimpse of like some concept art of some like ruffian looking underworld looking dudes. And then you got this guy like walking out of like a, a doorway in Maz Eisley from the looks of it. And with a Star Destroyer that's like overhead, everybody's probably seen images of that in the last five, six years. So that's kind of the game we're talking about. Now, there's, there were some rumblings when this news broke out the day of that um, this might be the same game she's working off of, which I guess could make sense because, I mean, you got to wonder. It's like, okay, is it going to be EA that has the rights or is it Lucasfilm that has the rights to the story? I'm not really sure how that works, but I could see it going either way. So... Whether or not, you know, the director would want to kind of work on that story, it might bring up like old bad memories working on something like that. Or maybe she just feels like she has a mission to complete this thing that's been in her head for the last 10 years or whatever it's been. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, and now, you know, there's more opportunities for gaming. There's, you know, all the next gen systems, current, the old gen systems, uh, PCs, etc. Like there's so many opportunities to put the game on and get it out there. You know, there's that. Plus, you know, just to be real, um, so uh, what year was this originally again, did you say? Uh, the Project Ragtag, what year was it announced or like canceled? Like a, like like canceled slash, like just that time range, What what? when did you say that was? I think it was canceled between 2017 or 2019. Okay, so, um, so here, here's, okay, that, yeah, okay, that makes my point exactly, so... My thing is, maybe, you know, we got to think about, like, during that time period, you know, we had the fallout of the, the Last Jedi, like, you know, say what you want, like, about it, you know, whether people love it, hate it, in between, whatever, you know, there was a lot of negativity surrounding Star Wars, not just for fans, I'm sure a lot of the creators were just burnt out, they were like, dude, we just don't want to deal with it, so maybe, you know, back then, this was, that was kind of rubbing her the wrong way, and now that Star Wars is in much much more of a positive place like like it's completely different now you know i feel like that's why you see some of these creators coming back like her heck look what you know we see hayden and ewan coming back i feel like hayden and ewan coming back you know it, it's it's just signifies like a lot of the the times like where we've had negative star wars stuff like that stuff is like healing basically. So now you know you have them back. You have this project ragtag ragtag back. Like you have all these things coming back because now like we're moving past a lot of those times and like getting into more positive times with Star Wars. And I think this is just another example of that. Yeah, I've you're right because back in the day, like we didn't have the Mandalorian yet. Like it was just like okay, we have a couple things coming out. Um, I guess at that point it was last jedi and everything where it's like oh yeah. man this is this is well, not good <laughs> remember remember uh famously like christopher mccory he said he would never want to write a star wars movie because the fans and uh. you know during that whole fallout era like that 
that time period, like that, that puts such a black mark on like negativity with Star Wars. And now, you know, now we're moving past that. Like the Mandalorian, I feel like the Mandalorian, of course, is like the flagship for that. Like mm -hmm. it brought uh, mostly everybody back on board because, you know, when you see Baby Yoda, you, you can't be negative about Star Wars anymore. It's just, it's just facts. Um, so like, you know, the, the positivity in Star Wars has been building. So now, you know, that's spreading from the movies and shows to the games. It's like, oh, maybe we're going to get these revived projects like this Project Ragtag. You know, maybe we'll see what potentially could have been the old Star Wars Battlefront 3. You know, maybe we'll see more of these old projects getting revived because, you know, there's more positivity and popularity, I feel like, around Star Wars than ever before. Yeah, that's, that's a good point with, with the... Um... The respawn game because they're making that first person shooter that has that original battlefront director on there i don't know if he was a director God, or some so lead production uh so there's a very good chance that that actually could happen yeah that could happen yep. as well i mean look we just got it in star wars lego look look how excited the creators were for star wars lego we, we've talked about it almost weekly all the behind the scenes clips the the creative people behind lego Ha, you know, they're genuinely like, sure, obviously it's their job to market, but you can tell the way they talk about the game, like they're genuinely positive and excited about Star Wars Lego. Like, you know, these people are excited about Star Wars again. And it's nice. Like, it's so nice. We're at a point with Star Wars where we're talking, you know, the things we debate about, like, are just some of the like story stuff and on screen stuff. We're not dealing with off the field drama, basically, which is so nice compared to um, years past. And, you know, that's bleeding over into the gaming now. And now, like, you know, we have this project coming back, which it's going to be interesting. And, like, you know, sure, we don't really know anything about it, but it's just another Star Wars game getting thrown into the mix. On top of, you know, we're going to get more Fallen Order games. We're going to be getting more, you know, so many other games in that ilk. Like, it's just... Yeah. It, it's just it's just another stepping stone to more Star Wars games, in my opinion. That that's the thing, right? Is this game is probably going to be out at the end of the console generation. Let's face it, right? That they, they just announced this game, they're they're staffing up. That means that it's going to be very far off, very far off. But if they can hit this cadence where they're putting out a AAA Star Wars game every year, that'll be yep. pretty good. That'll be pretty good, right? Like we just got like they, they got to be good quality, right? Like. Metacritic, uh, anything above like an 83 or an 80, anything above an 80 Metacritic is a good game, a great game in many cases. So if they can hit that cadence like this year, we get Jedi Fallen Order, hopefully, or the next Jedi game, I should say. Then after that, maybe we'll get the KOTOR remake. And then after that, maybe we'll get the um, the Eclipse. And then after that, maybe we'll get this game or maybe we'll get whatever Respawn has been working on with that with the shooter game. So. It's just great to know that there's stuff in the pipeline because, geez, oh man, like a year ago, it was like, what is coming out? We don't know anything. We don't even know the studios that are working out on these games. So yeah. um, that that's just exciting in its own right. Um, but speaking of LEGO Star Wars, we got an update on how well LEGO Star Wars, Star Walker, Skywalker Saga is doing. And they are doing extraordinarily well compared to their own standards of having the most units sold out of any of their prior lego franchise they have 3.2 million copies sold in just two weeks man oh man i knew this game was going to be big but it's because of the actual quality of this game that i think it really just really just hits home the point that 
Yeah, we waited a long freaking time for this game. We thought this game was coming out in when? 2020? Like, they yeah. originally put out the thing was like, oh, ne never mind, not in October. We're going to push us back two years entirely, basically. Um, but that's the thing, right? So you, you, you guys have been watching me play this stream. You see firsthand how fun, how great this game is. And it's just great to see that the people that have been working hard on this game get rewarded for what they've done. Hopefully they get like a little bonus or something for doing that, right? The, the game developers go through a lot. We did get we did hear some stories about how they were clamping down a little bit, maybe trying to get these people to finish the game at a timely manner. So that could be a little bit stressful, obviously. Um, but I still am happy to see that this game is as successful as it is because it doesn't matter what kind of gamer you are. If you're a novice, if you're a hardcore gamer, anybody could enjoy this game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like with this game, um, you know, it's great that the sales have been so good. It just shows the popularity. It's just wide scoping. Um, you know, for example, with the wide scoping aspect of the game, like so other than Star Wars, like my main podcast listenings I listen to are um, fitness related podcasts because I'm really big into lifting, you know. And one of the podcasts I listen to every week, you know, they do like a weekly podcast, like every Monday they release it and um, or, or Tuesday, I should say. But anyways, you know, on, you know, last week's episode, they mentioned like the one guy mentioned how, you know, he bought the new Star Wars Lego game and he just started playing it because, you know, it brought him back to memories of playing the old games. You know, we referenced before the older ones from the early 2000s. And, you know, he was talking about how much he loved it and all this stuff. Like, you know, he mentioned it. And then even... um. In the, in the Madden community, there's a couple of Madden YouTubers I follow. You know, I've been in some of their Twitch streams. And, you know, they, they've mentioned how, you know, off stream when they're not playing Madden, you know, they've been grinding away on the Star Wars Lego game playing that because, like, you know, it's such a, a big game and stuff. Like, the one Madden YouTuber I follow, he, you know, he said he's just trying to, like, you know, complete the game to 100% and stuff. And he's just playing it through and, and all that sort of thing. So it's cool seeing... Star Wars, like, cross all of these different spectrums from, mad, you know, the football community to fitness and, like, everywhere in between. Like, you know, it, it's great to see how much this game, like, is reaching out, basically. And, you know, these people are all in their late 20s, 30s, you know, like, it's just, it, it's awesome to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know a lot of coworkers that are that are playing it and uh, yeah. they're, they're, they're having a great time. And I would consider them more as the mainstream gamers and... Uh, when it comes to Star Wars and Legos, people don't mess around. Like people will come back no matter how old they are to play play the new installment. And um, well, while we're on the topic, I you know I usually try to do like a um, oh what I'm playing this week sort of thing or where I'm at late, lately in Lego, and I'll and I'll tell you what I've been doing lately in Lego because the more I play this game, the more and I haven't played Elden Ring, but I've seen some funny memes about Elden Ring with Lego Star Wars and something about like uh the, you know. You've had your fun with Elden Ring, but now it's Lego Star Wars. It's, it's really time to get involved, right? Or whatever it is. But, you know, Elden Ring takes like 100 hours. I feel like Lego Star Wars is going to take me 100 hours because I'm putting in like an hour a day and I'm barely scratching the surface. I think I'm like 40% completion and I probably put a good 30 hours into the game already. And the fact of the matter is I'm having so much fun still in free play mode. I... The most recent thing I did before I started the podcast was I was flying around the space around uh, Pasana and I was able to engage the steadfast superstar destroyer from the First Order came in 
took out all its turrets, landed on there, and then basically had to fight through the halls of a First Order Star Destroyer to take it out. But along the way, there's a lot of cool puzzles. Like, you have to take some person out, then, like, put a key card in to get to the next area. Then at one point, you have to use, like, you have to switch your characters a lot in LEGO, which is really fun. He had to switch to a protocol droid to, like, activate a turret from the other side of a race shield to destroy the generators. And he got in there. He took out the commander. The commander said, I'm actually not the real commander. I'm a decoy. And then you had to run outside to the hangar bay where there was a actual commander sitting in a freaking ATST that was just firing at me like crazy. And I ended up finding a turret to find this turret to just, like, destroy the ATST. And then I was able to capture the ship. So it's really cool stuff like that. And... I spent, like, over an hour on Naboo. Like, each planet sometimes has multiple hubs. Like, I went to, like, Thede. Then there's an indoor area in Thede. Then there's, like, Autogunga. Then there's the actual swamps. And I was doing, like, some, like, challenge where I was playing, like, Boba Fett, like, grappling along this race. And what I love about the game is, like, all these challenges are so unique. Like, I still feel like there's a lot of, like, refreshing things that are happening, whether it be like a speeder race on Dakar or whether it be just, you know, going on, on the unbeaten path on the, you know, unbeaten path and finding like more Kyber uh, bricks and stuff like that. It's just, it's just a blast. I really have been surprised with how much I'm still playing this game. I didn't think I would still be playing it two weeks later. I thought it'd be completely done, but I'm looking at the game kind of overwhelmed. Like, I'm trying my best to like 100% each planet, but then I realized that I'm going to be here for way longer. So let me just try to come back later and get most of the stuff done, you know? Oh, yeah. The Lego games, you know, they're notorious for that. Like you got to gotta play through them two or three times to like complete them. And, you know, now, especially with all the, the different side things you can do, you know, there's plenty to do. Like the Star Wars Lego game, it's just been... So much fun. You know, I'm just taking it slow. Like, I, I beat Attack of the Clones, so I'm on Revenge of the Sith now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a lot of fun. Like, the Lego games, you know, they're classic. Or, like, the, you know, they're. I feel like this game's going to be right there, like, in the classic Lego game, just because there's so many, you know, things you can do. Um, and, like, it just feels like it's just been so well-received. Like, you know, when you see the buzz about it on social media... There's always positive things being said about it. You know, new people who try it, you know, they're enjoying it. Like, I have a younger cousin who's only, like, like fifth grade or sixth grade. He's loving it right now. Um, you know, there's plenty of, like, you know, all age ranges just loving this game. And it's it's a really great thing to see. Yeah, another thing that I like is just the attention to detail. Like, yeah. they go through so much trouble... For like one little model or one ship, like they'll completely change mechanics for one character. It blows my mind. Like for instance, I unlocked the droid deca. The droid deca actually like spins to move. Like it actually does in a movie. It doesn't just. They could have you know done like a okay job and just had to walk around like a normal character. But no, they went through the trouble of like animating it to even run faster than a normal person. Like, and that's just one character. And then when it stops, its shields come up. And it actually has yeah. a deflector shield. It's like, what the hell? Like, they went through that much trouble with one character that most people probably won't even activate at all, you know? Or another thing that I thought was just freaking amazing is there's, like, no size cap on the characters. For instance, I, 
I went out and summoned my Rancor, and the Rancor is literally the size as you would expect of a Rancor. It is like 10 times the size of a normal minifigure, and you could just rampage around, and you just break everything you touch. So I had him out, and I had Jabba the Hutt just running around. I was like, holy crap, this is, this is incredible. And it's just the collecting aspect of the game, which is so addicting, right? Like, I was able to unlock the Sith Inquisitor, um, or not the Sith Inquisitor, like the um, Sith Infiltrator ship that, that Darth Maul uses. But first, I had to unlock um, a character that was basically a, a Naboo soldier. So I ended up finding Captain Panaka, who has also been one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. For no other reason than he was pretty cool and a fan of Menace. But I was able to get him to talk to somebody that let me do this gun training with them since I was part of Thede, you know, forces. And then doing so, I was able to unlock the Sith the Sith Infiltrator ship. Then I got into that ship and I went through a race and I was able to unlock Shakti, you know, above the planet of Dakar. So it's like just fun little stuff like that that I just can't get off the game. But like, I got to do something. I can't, I can't keep playing this. <laughs> oh yeah, this, you know, like you said, it's the collecting aspect is I feel like the big thing when it comes to the Lego games and a lot of these games really, you know, like it just like, um, Unless you're really not about it, I feel like so many people are like completionist. When they see a game says like like 37%, you're like, I have to get it to a hundred percent, you know? Like you can't just stop. Like like to me, if you know, if you just stop, it's just like then you think about it and you're like, gosh, I need to keep playing, like that sort of thing. Like it's it's always that that like type of like addictive thing, you know, to complete, you know, complete uh the game overall i guess i would say like heck like even in even in madden like everybody here knows i love sports and love loves the nfl in madden you build your team up throughout the year to 99 and once it gets to 99 it's basically like hey you're done with the game like it's over so like right now i am like this close to being there and then i'll be done with the game until the new game comes out at the end of august like like i'm at i'm at a I'm at a 98. I'm at like a 98.1 right now. So I am like very, very, very close to being done. And, you know, once I get there, it's like, well, there's nothing really much else to do. So I'm done. So then I can just do other stuff. So, uh, you know, that's that's the thing with games like that, like Star Wars Lego. Like, you know, people like to complete stuff, like to, to perfect completion. Like nobody ever likes to just like leave it, you know, at, like I said, 37% or or whatever and you know it's just it's just one of the biggest like aspects of the game and especially because you know we mentioned it before like this game has like no no age barriers so anybody can presumably get it to 100 percent, which is nice yeah yeah one, one, another one of the puzzles and i and i feel like this podcast is just gonna devolve into or, or evolve rather into like a lego conversation every week because i could easily <laughs> do that no problem because i have so many stories we'll give our lego updates every week <laughs> but there is this one particular kyber brick that was driving me off the wall it was indeed and this is where i mean they get so creative with this damn game and it just never ceases to amaze me how much like they think outside the box for these games and i'm wandering around this this big building and there is a chest that is locked, and that usually means that there's a button or there's a switch nearby to open up the box. Very simple, right? So I'm looking all over for this thing, and I, I'm thinking, oh, it's got to be on the roof of this ship. There's got to be, uh, of the building. There's got to be some, like, handhold things I have to jump up to. 
to get to, to reach like you can use the grapple hook with like um a rebel character or like a bounty hunter to get up to those things it took me like 10 or 20 minutes and i and i can't i i was going back and, and forth like okay i'm gonna try to do something else i'll come back and figure it out i did that about like three or four times and then i just randomly had like i guess kylo ren or somebody out and i was just like pressing the the b button which is like the force button and I seen that there was a switch, but it was behind like an immovable, like bars. Like you couldn't move the bars. And I had noticed that before, so I thought I had to jump in through like the ceiling, the, the roof of the place. So I was just going around. I must just press B, and he like used the force like through the pillars to like <laughs> force grip the switch and turn it on. And I was just like, look, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so like that was a mechanic that never. I never would have thought of before. It's like, oh yeah, I can't get through the wall. I'll just use the force through the actual pillars to use the switch to to release it. So really cool things like that where I'm like, yeah, just when I think I understand the game completely, it throws me for another loop. Oh yeah, there's there's all kinds of like little things like that. Like I said, I've only played through um episodes one and two so far, and I'm starting or I'm on Revenge of the Sith now. But uh, like you know, playing through those games. You know, you have, like, moments like that where it's like, what in the world? Well, heck, like, even even when I was playing, because, um, like, when I first got the game, I just started three separate files just to test out, you know, Phantom Menace, A New Hope, and Force Awakens. And, like, um, in uh, A New Hope, you start out in the Tantive Four, and I kept, like, you know, you know, it's funny with the Lego games, like, us as adults, we're, like, looking for all these technical things. And like there was there was um, a part in tan in the Tanta Four where you're walking through the hallway and you have to like uh, build a switch or whatever to to click it, and I had just kept walking past that part over and over again, and I was stuck on the Tanta Four level for like 35 minutes, and I was like, dude, where the heck is like how do I advance this? Um, and then I like you said, Chris, like I walked past you know where you're supposed to build like the little switch thing, and. I must have had just barely bumped me on my controller and and Leia reached down and started, you know, grabbing. And I was like, wait a second, are you supposed to build something here? And I held yeah. B and I was like, D -d 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 and I was like, holy smokes, I finally got past this part. So, like, yeah. you know, there's things like that, you know, you just don't notice at first. Um, but it's it just, you know, it's just part of the game. It's, it's it, to me, it's a lot of fun, um, you know, and it, get, it, it, it expands the lifespan of the game. Oh yeah, but it's but it's nice because it's not it's not challenging where you get frustrated, frustrated with like I hear a lot of people like complaining about Elden Ring, for example, because it's like you know the boss battles are like super hard and like my cousin said he played one he played one boss battle literally like thirty five times or something he couldn't beat yeah. it and like you know he was like dude this is driving me insane and like I don't want to play a game like that where it's like that difficult. Where, you know, you just keep failing over and over and over again. Because, like, I'm the type of gamer, like, I'll play through challenging games and stuff. Like, I've played, like, all the Halo games. I've played, you know, all the Star Wars games for the most part. But, like, if it's a game where it's too over-the-top challenging and you just constantly fail, 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 redoing the mission, I get to a point where I'm just, like, I'm just going to uninstall it and be done with it, you know? So, like, that's one of the best parts about LEGO. It's, like, it's not like that. It's, it's, it's. It's tricky at points, but it's not where it's like where you want to just delete the game. Yeah, the Lego game, it's it's kind of relaxing and, and cathartic, yep. really. You're just like, okay, I'm just going to go around, try to get my Kyber bricks. 
oh, if this one's bothering me, I'll go to another one. Like, if I can't figure yeah. this one, I'll come back later and I'll figure well, it no out. there's no urgency to it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, another one, real fun one. I was on the Steadfast today after I bought it for 3 million bricks. Man, oh, man, are those things expensive to buy. But it doesn't <laughs> matter to me because I have, like, 5 billion credits now. <laughs> but, um... Literally, I'm not even exaggerating. I live, I have five billion after having a multiplier of three thousand something bricks. Man, it's crazy. But anyway, That's there was perfect. a challenge. There was a uh, a basketball hoop right in the hangar bay where these stormtroopers were just chilling. Um, and it dawned on me. I'm like, hmm, what if I switch to BBA and I use the Force with Luke Skywalker in a Return of the Jedi costume with the hood and everything? To have him go through the hoop. I wonder if that'll do everything. And sure enough, it gave me a kyber brick. And it said something about like droid ball or something. But it was like a perfect thing. I was like, that makes total sense. And it's like through BB-8. See, through I would have never, like without, 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 without you saying that, I probably would have never even thought of that. Like, you know, it's just, it's just cool stuff like that though. They, in, you know, incorporate in the game because like, you know, that's just something you, you normally wouldn't think of, like, just playing through a game. Yeah, and I must say, I do love, like, the the ease of use of which it is to use the Force in a game. You just simply yep. press B on an object, you can levitate it, and then just hurl it, right? Like, it's just so satisfying, and it works so well. Same with the gunplay. The gunplay is pretty solid, way better than it's ever been in those games, let me tell you. Lightsaber combat, I'm just, you know, I'm destroying fools left and right. It feels like a good time. Like, I was running in this one area, and there was, there was you know, just swatting down droid, battle droids as Darth Vader. And that's the fun part, right? It's just having that power trip of, like, being any character you want. I could pull out one of the, I could pull out one of the Knights, Knights of Ren. Then I could go through, and I could send out General Grievous. You could have a total power fantasy of, like, I wonder what would happen if you had these two characters powering together like that to me i yeah. just get a kick out of that like i'm always switching up my characters like just like all right who who what else kind of crazy com combination team can i make now yeah i mean, think you could like take you know vader and i don't know vader and grievous versus darth maul and phantom menace or something <laughs> yeah like like there's so many options to do like like that's one of the i think best parts of the lego games too is just like uh you know, just in general, like from even the old games was taking taking characters that are from other movies back into movies that they're, you know, they don't belong in. Um, you know, that's just it's just it's a lot of fun. It keeps the game. It keeps the game fresh, too. Heck, yeah. And speaking of video games, we have another one that came out this week and I skipped that darn segment like I do sometimes, unfortunately, <laughs> out this week because, well, there was literally no comics out this week, but we did get a video game, so we didn't get. Uh, left behind with any new releases, and that is The Force Awakens, nope, The Force Unleashed, on Nintendo Switch. I just watched the trailer, I was not impressed. Oh my gosh, like, guys, can you, can you up-res the visuals a, at least a little bit? <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, you, they used the Wii version, why? Like, use the Xbox version at least, I know the Switch can handle the Xbox version, I mean, come on, <laughs> because apparently, like, the, the Wii version was a completely different game, almost, um, if you look at yeah. the visual textures of Vader, it's just, like, a, so just blocky, like, it's flat, there's no, like, texture, no reflection, oh, yeah. it's just, like, wow, this is, this is it, and I know, I understand, like, they, they select the Wii version 
for the fact that they could use the Switch motion controls. But I feel like that's going to be such a gimmick anyway with that game. Like, there's not really... Oh, cool. Like, I'll, I'll do it for, like, five minutes. Like, oh, cool. I'm swinging, you know, Starkiller's weapons. Whether or not they even go one-to-one -one with his hand, probably not. You probably just wag it. It probably just does some move, you know? So I I was like, I don't know who decided this. that would be a cool idea. I know they're trying to utilize a Switch as something different. But, I mean, I look at the visuals and I'm like, oh, this is... This is not good. <laughs> yeah, More power to you if you want to play it, but I know that I wouldn't want that version. Yeah, I, I have no interest in it whatsoever. Like I saw the trailer, like you said, it, it just looks looks off. Um, and you know why not? You know, like you said, why not use the console version? Like I'm at a point. Like don't get me wrong, I played Nintendo Switch before. Like I I like the Nintendo consoles. In my opinion, um, again, I'm not much of a Nintendo. Not much of a non-Xbox gamer, I guess I would say. Um, but in terms of Nintendo, like, if I'm going to play the Switch, I'm going to play Nintendo properties like Mario, like, you know, stuff like that. Ba basically Mario. You know, my, my only correlation to Nintendo is Mario. So if I'm playing Nintendo, it's Mario. Um, so, like, I, I don't know. To me, a lot of the Star Wars games, I feel like, are are just so much better on console or even PC for that matter. I mean, look, Old Republic's been cranking away for 10, 10 years or so now. So, like, yeah. you know, you have you have all these things, um, and then like the console or like the handheld versions. Like, I don't really remember just in general like a really good handheld Star Wars game, other than ironically Star Wars Lego. Um, but but Star Wars Lego is a much easier game for a handheld, you know, just because it, it fits that that uh, whole thing. So I don't know, it just uh, yeah, it, it just wasn't too interesting. It was just like eh, whatever. It's just the whole gist of like you know, I mean, insert my spiel of like, hey, they're releasing more Star Wars games. They may not be for everybody, and this game is definitely not for us. <laughs> Let's see what the chat has to say about this. Well, first off, Dark Nerdy Gonzo is saying Vader and Max Rebo for the win. And man, now they mention that, I don't know if I have Max Rebo unlocked yet, but I, that would be pretty freaking cool. I know he's in the game. I got to find him somewhere. Him alongside of Mama the Hut would be pretty funny. Um, he also said the Force Unleashed I always thought was overrated. Been wanting to play that House of the Dead remake, though. They seriously need to release a, a light gun proper for it. Even some third-party guns, though. Um, not really sure about the House of the Dead remake, although I played them a ton in arcades. But uh, the reason why I think the Force Unleashed was so good is because of story, right? I think like people yeah. really enjoyed the story with like how much it weaved into the rebellion. That you know we didn't see that coming. At least I didn't. Um, well, they're really pushing the, the effects. They're really pushing. Obviously, the game's called the Force Unleashed, so they're yeah. pushing like. I remember they were talking about like the the vegetation and the way the force like interacts with the environment, things like that, the physics and all of that is like something that was totally different for Star Wars, and it looked amazing for its time. Um, so I guess there was multiple reasons why people really liked it, but the action was a lot of fun too. Oh yeah, the action. Remember, um, remember the first game? You don't even start as Star Killer. You start off as Darth Vader on Kashyyyk, yep. and. You know, one of the one of the best parts, like I still love firing up that old game and just going into Kashyyyk and just destroying all the trees and Wookiees. Like, you know, you just wipe everything out. Like, you just, it's literally the Force Unleashed. And yeah. uh, I think, 
you know, like you said, it's just the uh, the story really what drove what drove it. Like the idea of Vader having an apprentice, secret apprentice, is pretty awesome um, because it 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 really cements. You know, if we think about it, that was during that timeline. That was post Clone Wars, basically, or like like the Clone Wars wrapping up, and then you have you know this was your first kind of like on screen ish type. Um, you know, expanded universe, if you will, for Star Wars, other than the the movies we've gotten up to that point, like at that level, like of that story level, you know. So, uh, yeah, that w- that was really big. That's what made the impact so big. And then, of course, like so many of the iconic moments in the Force Unleashed, like you know, the pulling the Star Destroyer out of the sky, like those type of things. That's why fans. Um, you know, heck, that's why fans like in general, when we see like lack of force power in a lot of these movies or shows, you know, it's because in the back of fans minds, they're like, man, like we would love to see something like that live action, like on screen. Yeah. So there you go. Star killer. He's back. And, uh, well, if you want to play this on your switch as you're going to, uh, star Wars celebration, you have another star Wars option. I mean, I have a whole bevy of, of games to play Star Wars related on that six hour plane ride to California. So I'll be swapping in with uh, uh, Jedi Outcast. I have that. I have Star Wars Racer. I'll Maybe I'll just go ahead and, and buy KOTOR for like the 10th time on that. <laughs> Check that out because I didn't have a Switch back then when I was riding to, to Chicago Celebration. So they, I was playing they my They need iP- to release Shadows of the Empire. Oh my gosh. Why haven't they done that already? Seriously. I think Republic... Oh, yeah, I also have Republic Commando on there. I think I'm going to probably play through that game. I don't think it's a very long game. I could probably beat Republic Commando by the time I get to California. That could be fun. Yeah, it's only like three levels. Yeah, yeah, but it's like perfect for a Switch. It's just a first-person shooter, very tight, coordinated. Yep. Um, but our last story has to do with LEGO. Not game-related. We're moving over to collecting... <laughs> I threw this one in there because I was like, oh, it's just another, just another Lego Ultimate Collector's th- thing. But it is the X-34 Landspeeder. I guess that's the actual mo- name for it. X-something, yep. I think. Um, but this thing is freaking big, man. Like, this is bigger than the scale for the minifigures. Like, it looks so cool. I had to just throw this in the notes because I wanted to acknowledge how cool this thing looks. Yeah, see, I had only seen it when you sent us the notes, and yeah, it's it's awesome. Like final, like getting like really detailed Lego sets like that. Um, because the original Lego Land Speeder, I I literally had that, and you know, it's like it's small, <laughs> but uh, but this is like an actual like cool looking model. So uh, yeah, like just getting iconic things like that is great, and it just makes you think, oh yeah. They're releasing stuff like this because we're leading up to Kenobi. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll see this as be... like a yeah. Might see this I, as I... like an Easter egg in the background of Lars Lars Homestead somewhere. Yeah, maybe there, maybe in town, like in one of those shots where Reva and the gangs in town, like you know, you just have the land speeder in the background, maybe at the the dealership where maybe when it looked a little newer. <laughs> Yeah, but man, I mean, this this thing is cool. Like, this is the... I mean, you see the guy holding it, and it is long, man. The thing yeah. is, like, probably close to, like, 15, 16 inches long. Like, that's yeah, a, see, that's like... A, that's a good distance for a uh, 
for a big collector's item at least you want it to be large you want to see the detail oh yeah well see that's the cool thing like i mentioned it's like i i always liked the like lego collector's items you know for example my cousin his uh his girlfriend got him for christmas it was a lego collector's darth maul head it was it's literally like the size of my head like it's literally scale you know scale darth maul head and I always love those type of collector's items, you know, like that, like this, um, just because, you know, it adds more to the Lego sets. Like, sure, the actual, like, the Lego models are always really cool, don't get me wrong, but, like, the collector's items that let you see, like, the details and stuff, that's great. Like, I mean, heck, I have, you know, sitting over across from me um, on one of my shelves over there, I have a Lego, you know, it's not Star Wars related, but it's, like, a really detailed Lego battleship. I built that actually when I was like five years old with my dad and, you know, I've had it ever since and it's been, you know, put together for like 23 years now. And, uh, you know, like those type of detailed Lego models are just really cool because, you know, they, once you put them together, like they look great no matter where you have them. Yeah. Oh man. Whenever I get a, get a new place, I'm going to have to shell out at least some money for one of these collector items or something. Either that or I just got to put more shelves in this room somehow. But <laughs> Man, oh man, that was an odyssey. We got through it. We got through all the new stories that I wanted to talk about. There's probably a few that I didn't talk about or mention here. But um, coming in at about two hours, I think we pulled it off, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we definitely did. Um, it, was a, it was a really good time. Like another, uh, you know, quick, fun, fun little story for our, our late listeners here. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier how you and your cousin, all your younger cousin always took like a little 12 inch TV to play like the old retro Lego games and or the Lego, the Lego Star Wars games and, or Star yeah. Wars games in yeah. general. Um, so like, you know, that reminded me when you were talking. So one thing me and my cousin always do, or we used to do anyways, before, before like modern gaming and stuff. So we actually... Back, this was like mid 2000s. So my grandma, she actually had a van that had a built-in, straight-up, like actual TV, like actual like TV, what? like a straight-up TV in it. Like it was literally a van. It was like a van, like a Chevy, whatever, late 90s van. Huh. And it actually had actually had a built-in actual TV. Like what? it was wired, like hard. Yeah, it was like wired into the van. Like she bought it, you know, new in the 90s, and. Um, so, like, in the early 2000s, whenever we would take our trips to West Virginia, which is, like, six hours from here, or to Virginia, which is, like, 11 hours from here, we would literally take my Xbox, and we would hook up Xbox on this little TV. The screen was li literally, like, eight inches wide, if not oh. that, maybe six inches wide. Like, literally a screen probably this big, less than the size of, like, my face. Just yeah. tiny little screen, you know? And it was it was always so fun. Because, like, you know, we're playing Star Wars Battlefront split screen on this tiny <laughs> little TV. Like, our screens oh are, like, the size gosh. of our screen. You know, we're playing first-person shooter on, like, a screen the size of maybe your iPhone screen or something. And, uh, yeah, so, like, that was always a, a fun time back then. And, you know, you saying that earlier with your cousin, that brought back the memory of, like, yeah, like, I did that with my cousin. Except, like, you know, while in a car playing it split screen, um, you know, we did that. And then, like before when a couple of my other cousins rode with us 
we actually played four person split screen battlefront on that TV. <laughs> like the screens were literally like oh two and a half inches by by two and a half inches. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, hey, like you got to get your Star Wars gaming in, however you get it in, and you know that that's how we did it for a long time, and basically until my grandma got rid of that TV, like or got rid of she got rid of that van in like probably 2010. Ah. It, it just uh, just died. But up until about 2010, I was in high school. Even then, I was taking my Xbox 360, and we would play. We played Force Unleashed like on the way to to West Virginia and stuff. Like, oh my god, you know, on, on that little tiny TV. Um, yeah, but, I remember uh, my friend had a van. It was like a Dodge van, but it was, it, yep. you know, it had like that high roof. Like yep. the, the the vehicles have had. Like I remember, like stepping in, you had to like walk up like a step to like get inside, and then you had like all this headroom, and you had a big TV. Well, not big, but he he also had like a TV like on the side console. I was like, what the hell? Like this is crazy. <laughs> yep, good. Those are always good times. But it was so funny because like. That would be such a normal thing. Like I'd be hauling in like a white TV, and my uncles, my uncles would just kind of look at me like, "Oh, here we go again. They got, they got the TV. I guess we'll see you at dinner, and we'll see you next year." You know, because yeah, and eat dinner, and go right back into the room and play for another five hours while my yeah. my father and my uncles would play cards or something, and my mom and yeah. my aunts would just be sitting around talking watching tv or something we'd be in the other room just playing halo you know yeah well well, that's how it was for us like you know we would go to family events like that or you know back then growing up with the halo games like what i would do like with our cousins you know we get all of our cousins around and like i have a really big extended family like my mom has 10 siblings wow um so like we would get all of our cousins around and you know we would come like you said to these family events and you know, since I was always the the cool kid with like the the TV, you know, I, I, I was one of the few my parents actually let me have a TV in my bedroom when hey, I was Ben, your mic's acting up again. Oh man, can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you, but we sound like a kind of like a battle droid. Oh, okay, one second. But anyway, yeah. So that that's what okay. we had to do back in the day for all of our younger listeners. Um. You guys have internet okay, can you hear now that I can actually play games. Yes, we can hear you. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was gonna say yeah, like you know that was one of the one of the fun things back then. Yeah, so like I was always the the kid in the family who I would bring the TV to the family gatherings where I would literally, you know, we would we would have like two or three Xboxes there and hook them up with Ethernet cables and be playing like twelve people Halo back then, and. Uh, you know, that, those are always good times, like with Halo and Star Wars, because Battlefront had that capability. You could play up to like 16 people at a time or whatever. So, you know, you just join parties. You know, you'd have Ethernet cables crossing the entire house, like yelling from room to room, like, don't step on that cable. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, like those are always, those are some of the best times of Star Wars gaming. Like, sure, we have all these new graphics and stuff, but, you know, you know, we may sound like the old people in the room saying it, but it's like, Back then, like that—that that was Star Wars gaming. Like there was so much fun, like back then, like just just that simple type of gaming back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, this wraps up episode fifty-five of Outer Room Transmission. We ran a gambit tentative, going talking from merchandising, toys to video games to series. So we did a lot today. A lot is going to ramp up in the next couple of weeks, whether it be Obi-Wan Kenobi or Celebration. We got more Celebration news. I'll say it. Ewan McGregor is going to be there. 
He's charging $300 for a photo up and it's already selling out everywhere. So money's not an option for people to be with one of their childhood heroes. And that's for damn sure why they're charging that much money. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week talking more Star Wars as we always do. Who knows what is going to drop on us between now and then. Maybe we'll get some Kenobi footage. Who knows? It looks like it's likely, likely that we could be. I have a feeling. I have a good feeling about this. Um, so, Ben, where can the people find you and keep up to date with what you're doing on your day to day? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you can just find me. I mean, all I'm doing, like, this weekend, just pretty much hanging out, working out, or, well, just doing some cardio. I got I got a muscle strain, so I haven't been lifting this week at all. Um, so just mainly cardio. Um, and then, um, yeah. I don't know. You're doing it again. <laughs> of course it would happen at the end of the outro. <laughs> oh, you got to love it, don't you, listeners and watchers? I hear like there's a sonic screwdriver right. going on. on in the back when you did something there. <laughs> All right, hello. I can hear you. Let's finish it off before it goes okay. bad again. Okay, so... Make it quick, yeah. I'm just, I'm just uh, scrolling through my normal fitness routine, doing some cardio, doing some meal prepping, doing some gaming as always. Raving about the Halo show again. We say it every week. If you're not watching the Halo show, I don't know what you're doing because the Halo show is incredible. Um, but yeah, that's all I'll be up to. Just talking Halo, talking Star Wars, fitness. That's that's pretty much it. So you know, you can find me talking about all that stuff at Real Ben Maynard on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, just a quick reminder for everybody, you know, wondering where Milton is. He'll be back next week. He was on the first half of this show. And you can find him at MiltonWeber7 as well. There you go. And you can find me at Star Raptor here. Um, we're going to have more comics coming out this week. Hence why you didn't hear me talking about him this week or see me talking about him. Because we had Zip Zilt Zero. Um, but we'll be back with a big issue, Crimson Rain number 4, which is the big story with... The Knights of Ren infiltrating Vader's castle on Mustafar. They've been waiting months to see what's going to happen. So can't wait. Hopefully it lives up to the hype. So for me, for Ben, for Milton, who left us a little bit earlier, that's going to do it for us here at Outer Rim Transmission. This was transmission number 55. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, chat. Thanks to Dark Nerdy Gonzo. Thanks to Red 5 Reviews. And remember, you can always watch us after the fact and always Download us after the fact on any podcast streaming platforms. Once again, thanks everybody for watching. We'll see you next week. Have a good one and transmission.